uh, we got to travel some with Brother Kenneth Hagen Sr., uh, Selena and I did, in the years we were there, and blessed to be with him, and uh, something that I, I learned that I would encourage us to all pick up on is this, is he used to play with the things of God. Right, he, like a kid, like he would play with the anointing that was on his life, right? So he had a very interesting, uh, if you will, anointing or ability from the Spirit to, uh, to touch people and, and, to, and to just impart stuff with them, but he would just have fun with it. I remember we were at one service, if you remember this, it was Brother um, uh, Jim Hockaday was sitting on the front row, and Brother Hagen would normally turn to somebody and say, hey... Why don't you get ready to share or do something? But he would reach over and he would hit Brother Jim. And Brother Jim said it was like he erased his memory. So Brother Jim knew he was up next. And he was preparing what he was going to say. Until Brother Hagen tapped him. And it was like he forgot everything, everything he was going to say. And Brother Hagen knew it. He'd do it all the time. On purpose. And he knew what he could do in the spirit. And he knew what he could do in the sense of he knew what he could do to bless people. And he knew what he could do to pick on people. In the spirit. Yeah. Right? And he would just play with the things of God mm-hmm. like we would a toy or a hobby or, or anything like that. He'd just, he'd just piddle. Right? Turn to someone and say, hey, you close the service. Hey, you close the, the, all of a sudden they couldn't talk. Talk, yeah. He'd just, hey, you close the service and then it just, it'd be it'd there. Like, so I, I say that to say get used to playing in the things of God. Amen. Amen. I love it. Right? With what, like what y'all were just doing up here now, what y'all were experiencing yes. and doing that you can. God, um, another thing we learned so much from Brother Hagen is don't take yourself so seriously. Amen. Right? <laughs> right? Don't. Many times we come to church, we come to the things of the kingdom, and we take them way too seriously. Right, we take the program, the rigidity, the track, the whatever it is, and and we take it way too serious. And Brother Hagen used to, I would never forget, he would he would play just play, like he would figure out where the hot spots were, like in a microphone setting, and he'd wear a microphone and he'd find he'd find the squeak points and he'd stand right in that point, and he would squeak over like this, and it would get it. And the sound guy would duck you down, and then he'd slide back over here where it was quiet. And I'll never forget, we were, in, we were in St. Louis, Missouri at Pastor Jeff Perry's church where the things of the Spirit first began. And Brother Hagen would do this. He always wore a little pro mic, and he'd throw his Bible up like this on top of his mic and just keep teaching. Just keep teaching. The sound guy would push, 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 and he'd get a little bit, and then he'd just drop it. And it'd go, whoa. And then the sound guy in the back would just be jumping around and doing this kind of stuff and then he'd put his Bible back up there again. And how you knew it is when he was doing that and everybody just thought he was a senile old man. Because <laughs> Pastor Jeff was sitting on the front row about right there. And if you remember this, yeah. Brother Hagen had his Bible with his mind. Brother Jeff just reached up under his Bible and unclipped his lapel and just pushed it up higher his shirt and clipped it back in place. And he just looked at me and said, what'd you do that for? I was doing it on purpose. <laughs> and this is the whole time he's teaching and just yes. talking about the things of God yeah. and doing this kind of stuff and he yeah. would hide. So know that uh, having fun yeah. doesn't short circuit the things of God. That's right. And learn what your gift is and learn what God has made you good at and have fun with it and play with it. And just like a kid with a toy and just play with it. And you'll actually, it's one way that we talked about a few Thursdays ago. Remember there are three types of anointings on every believer. 
Now, again, for those, anointing is a very churchified word. You may not know what that means. Anointing means an ability to do something. That's all it means. You were anointed to do something. The, the king, David, was anointed king so that he could go do something. He could be king. So that's all the word. When you hear the word anointing, don't make it over spiritual. It just means you were given the ability to do something. Set apart to do something. But every believer has three anointings or three abilities to do something. And this is not the message. This is just the snack. Okay, is that right? And stuff. So is three anointings. Each believer has three anointings. The first one is what I've always called the general anointing. Right? Every born-again believer has a general anointing of the Spirit of God. It shows up in 1 John chapter 1 and chapter 2. When John says, he says, you have received an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Have you ever been walking around recently saying, man, I wish I knew what to do. I wish I knew what decision I needed to make. I wish I knew which way to turn. I wish I knew what job to take. I wish I knew what this to do. Anybody else? Mm -hmm. Well, did you know you have an anointing from the Holy One? And it says, and you know what? All right, let's just go there. Y'all are pulling something out of me. So go to 1 John. We'll see if we get to whatever we were going to talk about today. 1 John. Chapter 2. Help me find that, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you. And it says here... It, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. Oh, there it is. I know there was a 7 in there somewhere. I just couldn't remember where it was. 2.20 and 2.27. 1 John 2.20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written this to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. Mm-hmm. Now, notice what John said. Now, remember, this is God talking. Have you ever wondered, man, if I could only know the truth? Right, well, here God clearly says, hey, listen, you have an anointing from the Holy One. You know all things. I do not write this because you do not know. Right. I write this because you know. So say it. Say, I know the truth. I know, I know the, the truth. truth. I know the truth in every situation. I know the truth in every choice. I know the truth in every day. You know the truth. You have to believe that, like what Audra was saying. That's not just something you're trying to get to. That's something you are. You know the truth, mm-hmm. right? So you know what to do, right? So whenever the feelings of, man, I don't know what to do, come on you. I want you to stop and go, no, no, no. I know the truth. Now, I may not know what to do this second, but I'm going to stop this second and pray and look to that general anointing on the inside of me that will show me which way to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I thought I'd get a few better amens than that. Aren't you glad about that? I'm that. Isn't that a great thing that you, you that you as a born again, spirit indwelled Christ follower are never without direction. That's right. You are never without knowing what to do. Never. Because you have been given a general anointing, right? Yes. You have, verse 20, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. This is tied right back to what John, same author, wrote in his gospel 
in chapters 14, 15, and 16. If you want to journey with me over there. John chapter 14. Is this okay this morning? Are y'all going to have to believe with me? This is not at all where my head was this morning. So we're just going somewhere else, all right? We'll see if we land anywhere near where I thought we might go. (laughs) Amen. John chapter 14. So John wrote these. It was interesting. We talked about it with our Arndale campus today. Really pay attention to John's writings. John wrote one gospel and four letters. He wrote three letters that bear his name. And he wrote the last letter that bears the title of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And within the book of Revelation, there are actually seven other many letters. Mm -hmm. So when you add that all up together, John wrote 11 of the books or portions of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Right Now, why do you think Jesus gave John the privilege of writing about who he was in a deeper way? Because John was the closest. John was Jesus's one. Right? John was the closest of all the followers to stick with Jesus. And it was a twofold thing. We talked about that. It was a twofold choosing. Remember, Jesus said in John chapter 15 to the disciples, he said, remember, you did not choose me. I chose you. But John reciprocated by choosing Jesus in the tough times. When everyone else fled, John stayed. When Peter denied him three times, John stayed. Right? When there was fear of death and possibly being crucified with Christ, John stayed. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why John had the privilege of getting Jesus' mama Mm -hmm. at the very end, right? If you remember that. But so I say that to say this, pay attention to John's letters because John is going to give you insights as the the true BFF of Jesus. (laughs) Right? If you really wanted to know about me, right, there's a person on this planet you can go talk to. And it's not Selena. Right? Because there's there's a person that knows me better, not better than Selena, let me say it like that, longer than Mm -hmm. Selena. His name's Dr. Robert Honey. Mm -hmm. And he lives in Elrod, Alabama. And he's been my best friend since we were in the third grade. So Neil knows stories about me. I don't think he's told Selena yet. Right? <laughs> but it better. There's some stories I've, I've, threatened, I've threatened life and limb. Of the, these stories don't come back out, right? <laughs> he's going to lock them down in the vault somewhere. So, but, uh, but he would be truly my best friend right, over the whole course of my life, right? No one on earth next to my wife probably knows me better than Neil does. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you wanted to know some stuff, you could go talk to Neil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So if you wanted to know some stuff about Jesus, you can go talk to his best friend. Right. He wrote all these letters. Does that make sense? So John tells us, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things because the Spirit of God dwells within you. Right? John chapter 14, we'll read real fast here. This is paralleling this general anointing is paralleling what uh, John is saying in John chapter 14. Let me just find it. Let me back up here in verse 16. I actually got to back up in verse 15. And it says here, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now that's not a conditional type of thing. Jesus is not saying, You better keep my commandments. Right? To get my love. He's actually saying the reverse. He said, hey, listen, you know, because you love me, 
you're going to find it real easy to keep my commandments because you love me. Right? Just like it's easy for me to please Selena to keep her commandments. Right? Because I love her. More salad. That's right. And we talk about that jokingly and stuff. There, there's certain things I do that I would not do of my own. I do them to please my wife. And there's no, I'm not henpecked. Right, I'm not beat down. Yes. <laughs> Does that make? I just love my wife. Amen. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that. So that's what Jesus is saying here. Hey, listen, because you love me, don't worry about you'll you'll keep my commandments mm-hmm. because you love you love me. Yeah. That's easy. Mm-hmm. And he says this: I will pray to the Father that He will give you another Helper or Comforter that will abide with you. How long? Forever. How long? Forever. How long? Aren't you glad he's never going to leave? Amen. 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 What happens if I get all squirrely and go off in the weeds? Holy Ghost will be regular. Why are we in the weeds? <laughs> Holy Ghost will be standing right there. Why are we in the weeds, Brad? What you doing in the weeds? You ain't supposed to be in the weeds. Get out the weeds. But he, he, he didn't. Aren't you glad you can't run him off? Can I say this? Remember this because I've heard this preached, unfortunately, out loud publicly. Right? You cannot offend the Holy Spirit. Can I say that one more time? Yeah. Right? I remember hearing someone that I dearly love and respect preach a whole sermon on that the Holy Spirit is easily offended. No. <laughs> I'm so glad that's not true. <laughs> right? No, yeah, the Holy Spirit has low self-esteem. You're just going to run him off. He's just, he's just real touchy and sensitive. <laughs> right? Listen, he, how long will he stay with you? Forever. Now, he may not like where you're going. He doesn't have to like the trip, but he doesn't get off the train. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen. And, and, and the cool thing was, he'll make it real uncomfortable if you're off in the weeds. Yeah. Just ask the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Right? I, I just find that astounding to what, what Jesus, remember G, uh, Paul's conversion, Acts chapter 9 on the road to Damascus? Right? Jesus physically appears in a vision before Paul. Says, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? Right? And Paul, and Paul had two, he had two questions that are very telling. His first question was one of identity. He said, who are you, Lord? Right? He says, I am Jesus, the one whom you persecute. And then he says this, it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? So apparently for some time in Paul's life, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, had been pricking Paul and Paul had been kicking. Right? Yeah. Right? Anybody ever felt that besides me? You've been somewhere and the Spirit's been pricking you. He's been kind of nudging you. Kind of going, hey, aren't you glad he never stops poking? <laughs> you may kick. You may balk. You may squall. You may cry. You may complain. And he's going to keep poking you. That's right. So <laughs> he'll be with you in the weeds. He'll be with you when you make a wrong turn. And he's going to be poking. And he'll never give up. Amen. One of my favorite, I heard a preacher call the Holy Spirit the bloodhound of heaven. He'll just going to stay on you. Stay right there. You can't shake him. Can't get rid of him. Can't run him off. Can't offend him. Can't drive him off. Right? He's more committed to you than you're committed to you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. But it says, but that's all extra. Right? But he's there so that you'll know all things. Right? And this is it. it says, I'll pray and give you another helper that he would abide with you forever. The spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. Then he drops down and says in verse 26 of the same chapter, but the helper, this Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you what? How many things, Miss Wendy? All things. So is there anything you can't know? Can you ever actually be in the dark ever again? Do you realize that you have to choose not to know? I'm going to say that one more time because y'all, y'all don't believe me yet. You have to choose not to know because there's only one of two options. He says earlier as we read either A, I am part of the world and therefore I cannot see the spirit nor know the spirit. So I am in the dark because I don't live in the light. But if I have been transferred by the power of what Christ did from darkness into light, then I now know all things. Yes, that's right. So therefore, if I'm going to run around and go, I don't know what to do. I don't know. That's a choice. Yeah, come on now. I know, I'm sorry. I wish... I wish I could be kind and just play church with you and say, you know, it's just mysterious. It's just a mystery. You never can tell. You never will know. God is just smoking mirrors and blinding lights and we just stumble and grope around in the dark and I just hope by some snowball's chance in a hot place I stumble into heaven. Hey guys, let's give. I can encourage you. There's more in you than you've ever been dared to believe. Yes, more than you've ever hoped or dreamed of. Right? Right. So again, if I'm going to live in the dark, it's by choice. If I'm going to live in the valley of indecision, it's because I want to be there. Somehow that brings me comfort. Can I just meddle this a little bit more? Church world? Because right, we, we, like to, 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 we like to pawn things off on Father. Right. Well, I guess the Lord just didn't want that to happen. I guess the Lord just brought this situation into my life. Somehow it's going to help me and test me and teach me. And it's going to be... Are you with me? No, no. What happens is, is it's Brad. Brad is more comfortable with not changing. Brad is more comfortable where I'm at. Brad is more familiar with where I'm at. Instead of Brad saying, okay, God, I I know that you're showing me. And I know that you're teaching me. And I know that you're talking to me. And I know that you have this. And I'm taking a step. Does that make sense? Amen. But he says here, again, this helper, the Holy Spirit, I call it. These are what I'm reading you. This is the job description of the Holy Spirit. This is what's available to you in your general anointing. Now, listen, this is still just the general anointing. We ain't even got to the good stuff yet. This is just basic. Basic's awesome. Right? Amen. But here it is, says, The help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said unto you. How cool is that? Again, can I just do this? Y'all hear me this morning, right? I haven't talked about this, thought about this. I haven't meditated on this. As y'all, I don't know if y'all know this or not. Somebody asked me this week, well, how do you get ready? I leave Sundays and I get into Sunday afternoon. And I try to take the time to just kick my brain into neutral. 
But sometime normally before bed on Sunday night, my brain slips back into gear and I think about what we're going to talk about this week. And it just stays with me. Now, the reason why it does that is because God has gifted me and anointed me to be one of your pastors. It's not because I'm special. It's not because I'm awesome. It's not because I'm super schmick or cool. It's, it's for you. So everybody should say, thank you, Jesus, right? That's what you should say. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Father, right? So my brain sometimes Sunday evening starts sliding back into gear about where we're going this week. And it just stays with me. It stays with me all week. It grows. I, I turn my heart again towards it, and it gets so big, I can't read tape measures real well anymore. You've seen it. I, I, am, I am present there, but I am not there. And it's hard. That's why I can't answer certain things. That's why it, and the older I get, the more old I get, I guess, I don't know how you get. I want to get stuck in this box. Let me just say that out loud and publicly for record. There's a box I want to get stuck in. I found it. It's this one. So, Lord, let my brain stay here. Right, but it just stays with me, right? And it just idles and goes. So I've been thinking about something other than what I'm talking about right now for six days. <laughs> then we come up over in here, right? And I pulled out even again. I, I made notes, got them right here, right, and stuff. But and that's okay. I like making notes. It's it's fun to make notes. I was taught how to make notes. Right, but but I say this say this. What you see here is pay attention to not just what I say, or or what Audra or Selena or Kevin or your leaders say. Pay attention to what we do, and you'll learn a whole lot more as well. Right, because if y'all have seen me do what I'm doing here this morning, it's what I'm reading right here. He will bring to your remembrance the things I have said unto you. Amen. So many times people sit there and say, Brad, I just wish I could do what you do. You can. It's just in your general anointing. We ain't even stepped over into the pastoral stuff yet. This is just the general stuff. (coughs) Me being able to remember the scriptures is not because I memorized them. It's because I have an anointing from the Holy One and I know all things. So please, can I I poke on you just a little bit more? Y'all love me enough to poke on me? Well, Brad, I, I I just couldn't say. I just wouldn't know what to say. I couldn't go talk to that person because I just wouldn't know what to say can't hide behind that no more huh you can always just start with hello you can always start with hello but for real again we hide behind that stuff i just wouldn't know what to say i'm not as good at it listen this is just the general anointing this is just the holy spirit reminding us of the things that we know am i freezing you out over there thank you jesus for new air conditioners it's not cold. Kurt's just fine. Kurt, you know what marriage is, don't you? It's living the rest of your life in a room that's either too hot or too cold. That's, the <laughs> that's what marriage is, right? And so, y'all, hey, y'all thank God for this because this is, this is listen, hey, you want to pause sermon, get into a little bit of a testimony. When we bought this building, I was told that these air conditioners didn't work. So that's why I never turned them on. <laughs> That's a sermon right there, right? Don't believe everything you hear. Right? On one side, now I'm just going to also assume they didn't work. And so I've been running. It was getting hotter. I was watching the weather. So we had Brother Tim Yeager from the Irondale campus come over here. I met him here yesterday evening. (laughs) He looked at me. He turned them suckers on. Guess what? They worked. They worked. (laughs) Now here's the thing. I looked at him. We walked around. He walked around. I looked at these units. I said, are these units good? He said, well, they're old. He put gauges on them. They don't leak. 
They weren't. On one side, Brad, dummy, turn the air conditioners on, check them out for yourself. Number two, thank you, Jesus, because to be honest, I was getting a little nervous thinking, you know, we're going to have to cash out some stuff and get new air conditioners because we're going to get hot here soon, right? So God, God can do all kinds of cool stuff. But anyway, but he says he'll, he'll teach you all things and he'll bring to your remembrance the things that he said. This is just your general anointing. Go over to chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 26. Is this okay, everybody, this morning? Y'all getting something? Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Helper, again, the Holy Spirit comes, the one whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. I love that. You know what the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you about? It's not your sin. It's Jesus. He's not going to testify about how awful you are. He's not going to testify about how stupid you are. He's not going to testify about how much you've missed it. He's not going to testify about the mistakes you've made. What's he going to testify about? Me. Jesus. So see the Holy Spirit, he's got a script. He's going to talk to you about Jesus. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus has done. This is who Jesus is in you. This is who you are because of Jesus. This is Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. The only thing I can read that he'll do for you is over in Romans chapter 8 is that if you bump into a work of your flesh, the Holy Spirit just looks at you and goes, kill it. (laughs) That's all he says. How does does Jesus deal with Brad's flesh? He says, kill it. That's what he says. Take the sword of the Spirit and go kill that thing. Let's go. We got stuff to do. That's about how long he deals with you. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Hey, and and again, have I told you that story? Because, I mean, if we're here, if I told you that story, um, it was a number of years ago, and I I won't mention names, but uh, a young lady received Jesus at our Irondale campus. This is before we even started anything here with the North Campus. And she received Jesus in the Irondale campus, and, and it was about four, five, six months later. I'm at the Irondale campus. I happen to be there with Pastor Mark, and we're doing like a little pastor's powwow or whatever. And she walks in the door over there. She walks in, and I see her. She says, oh, you can just see it, right? Walks in. She's all weighed down like this. She walks in. She sees She goes, oh, I'm so glad y'all are both here. She really wasn't glad we were both there, but I think she wanted to talk to both of us. But she goes, okay. And she's hemming and hawing, and we're there. She goes, well, I just, I just got to, I just need to, t- I'm, I've been smoking weed again. And she's waiting for it, right? She's waiting for us to go, <gasps> for shame, <laughs> right? And stuff, and just by the Holy Spirit, right? This is no, no great wisdom of Brad's, but just by the Holy Spirit, right out of my heart, before I could stop myself, I said, I am so excited for you. <laughs> and she looked at me and she was like, Brad, you're, you're, you're excited I'm smoking weed again. I'm really excited that you're smoking weed. I'm really, really, really excited. You're she goes, now I'm confused. Why are you excited that I'm smoking weed again? I said, because about six months ago, it wouldn't have bothered you, would it? She said, no, no, n- not at all. I said, awesome. Took her to Romans chapter 8. I said, and you want to go over there real quick and see that? Is this all right this morning? Y'all going to have to give me more time because i got to land this whole plane, all right? got air conditioners. Nobody's getting hot. Last couple of weeks, I've been nervous. 
Amen. Romans chapter 8. It says this, verse 12. It says, therefore, brothers, you have to read the rest of the earlier parts of the chapter. No, why put the therefore. Therefore, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Aren't you glad you are no longer in debt to your flesh? Amen. Aren't you glad you don't owe your appetites anything else? Aren't you, aren't you know you don't owe the habits you might have created, sinful habits. You owe them no more time. That's awesome. That's good. That's awesome. You owe them no more attention. Yeah. Right? Because we sit there and say, again, if I can just be a little bit blunt, y'all know I love you, right? Uh-huh. We say stupid stuff yeah. like, I just can't help it. Mm. This has just got control of me. Mm-hmm. It's just the devil's got his hooks in me, Brad. Mm-hmm. Right? Here, Paul says, listen... You do not owe your flesh another frazzling thing, another minute of your time, another thought, another bat of your eye. You are no longer a debtor unto your flesh to live according to the flesh. Praise God. Right? For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. <laughs> the way Paul says Right? You know. Hey, and, and you may not physically die. Right? But something's going to die. You just need to know that sin will still kill something. Yes, right. Right, that's what it does. Again, I say this like this. I, I, y'all know part of my story. I had a pornography. I didn't even say it was a, had an issue. I looked at porn. Right, welcome to being human. Right? Right? But uh, that led me into other activities that produced a beautiful daughter. Can I just be honest with you? Right? I had lustful issues, even as a believer. Is as we move forward, because I believed I was controlled by my flesh. Right? Until I read these verses I'm reading to you, five, six, seven, eight, and I realized I am no longer. This has no more dominion, control, anything over me whatsoever, ever again, period. Amen. Does that make sense? But I could still be stupid. <laughs> right? And I say this, I, I could run off and find me a hoochie mama. Right, I could, and she would, and 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 I would be living out this verse thirteen right here. If I continued in the flesh, I would die. (laughs) Because, because I can guarantee you this: if she didn't kill me, there's a long line of people that love her be right behind her. That's right. One of them be probably all of my kids. Right, probably some of y'all would jump on board. Right, let's go hunt this man down. Right, but I tell you what, even if I remained alive physically, there's a good chance I'd kill my marriage. That's right. That's right. I definitely would kill my influence. Mm-hmm. I definitely would kill respect. Yeah. So please hear me, understand. Sin still has consequences. Yes. Even though we talk of grace, and I believe so strongly in grace, and the power of grace is greater than anything else. Amen. The warning is remember, sin will, sin will kill you, yeah. it'll kill something. Sin just is going to kill something. Right? So don't live according to it. Now, we can say don't live according to it because I've been set free from it. Amen. Does that mean? So this is not a struggle. Everybody say it's not a struggle. It's not a struggle. I want you to say out loud with your mouth, I no longer struggle with sin. I want you to say out loud, I am free from my sin. I am free from my sin. Right? And the reason why is because the general anointing will teach you the truth. Amen. Are you with me? But it says here, y'all looking at me all kind of strange, but... If by the Spirit you put to death the deed of the flesh, you will live. 
Now notice verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now in context here, Paul says the leading of the Spirit looks like putting to death the deeds of your flesh. That's what in the direct context of that little passage. So that's why I could look at this young lady that came and I could from my heart and by the Spirit say, I'm so excited for you. So excited that you're feeling guilty for smoking weed again because that means you're a child of God. And that means the Spirit of truth on the inside of you is leading you on a crusade with the sword of the Spirit to put to death the deed of the flesh. So just go kill that thing and let's move on. Yeah. Y'all look at me kind of funny. Yeah. That's good. Don't, huh? Remember the time I sent you the message I was going to teach in Tulsa, and I had to think about why it's like old yeller, and you said, I like everything you said. Maybe take the old yeller part out. <laughs> how you treat the things in your life that are not. So yeah. You take them out back like old yeller. And, and, and shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now they shot old yeller. Yeah. Because he went rabbit on you. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you, need to, you need to shoot the things that are plaguing you. You need to kill them with the word of God and put them to death. Are you with me? This is all part of the general anointing. He will testify of you. Keep going on now. Chapter 16, back to John in his gospels. I got to land a bigger plane. Everybody doing all right? All right. It says John chapter 15, verse 13. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you where? Into all truth. By how many verses have we read where God is trying to tell you and I that you know all things. He will teach you all things. He will guide you into all truth. Praise God. Aren't you glad about that? Yes. Amen. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Isn't that cool? Now here's the thing. But Brad, I don't know the future. Sure you do. I just read it to you right here, right? He will show you what? All things, but he will tell you. I, I, I'm losing some of you right now. Let's just re- I'm just reading the Bible, right? Is all I'm doing? Now this is, this is it. Now, now, now if, if your Bible's like mine, this is red. So who said the red stuff? Jesus. Jesus said the red stuff. So Jesus. Now, how big of a liar was Jesus? No. Are y'all going to help me out? No. So, so, so Jesus wasn't a liar. No. So if Jesus is going to tell you something, it has to be true. Whether you believe it or not. John chapter 16, verse 13. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Preacher, preacher error. Preacher error. Amen. Just letting you know I'm not perfect. John chapter 16, verse 13. There we go. All right. So, what's he going to tell you? And, and what else? And he will tell you. He will tell you. He will tell you. He will tell you. So, he'll tell you the future. Because things to come ain't happened yet. Because mm-hmm. you can have an expectation. Yes. Lord, show me what to do based on the things that are to come. Mm-hmm. 
because he will show you things to come. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's right. The Holy Spirit will show you things just expected of him. Many times what happens is we don't receive the things of the Spirit because we don't know to expect them to happen. We don't know that that's his. Again, I said this is just the job description of the Holy Spirit. This is what he is going to do. Not what he might do. Not what he's going to do to Brad because Brad's a super duper, super powerful, awesome pastor dude. Right. Right. This is just the general anointing upon every believer. Y'all understand that? We haven't got to the good stuff yet. This is just the general stuff. The moment you got saved and born again and your little eyeballs woke up in the new creation, this was for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's good. Amen. He will show you things to come. Yeah. So, uh-huh. How do I necessarily tap into that? Because Very my good. thing is, I see weird things in the future. <laughs> <laughs> like, hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, but but remember how I remember how I trained you when you were growing up? Did I start you out on the hard stuff? No. What I start you out on? The little stuff. The stuff that didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the stuff that doesn't matter. Because he's teaching you. He's teaching you how he talks to you. Mm-hmm. You're getting to know his voice for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Pay attention to the stuff that seemingly doesn't matter because God's just there. Remember, God just wants to be your friend. He just wants to be with you. So sometimes what happens is, again, we want to paint the pictures of that God's only interested in the super duper stuff, the super awesome, spectacular stuff, that God's interested only in the wow stuff. Right? No, God is interested in you, and he wants you to know that he's talking to you. Right? Now, again, some practical stuff is learn to pay attention. Don't discount the simple stuff. Learn to document it and write it down in some fashion. So you can, not because that does anything other than you you will forget. (laughs) You will not remember because you'll discount it. Write it down. Keep a record of what you think God is doing and then follow up. Pay attention. Write it down. Follow up. And it builds a pathway of you understanding what is going on in, in your life. Did, did, does that help? Does that make sense? Yes. You know, and you'll become familiar with that inside of you. But he will show you things to come, like going to Jack's. He'll paint other images in front of you, getting you used to it. Yeah. Right? He'll show you stuff again, like we watched yesterday with Uncle Cedric. We watched the Harriet Tubman show. Things like he'll show you stuff. Pay attention. The more you get comfortable and used to it, you'll become more aware of it. Does that make sense? You'll become more familiar with it. Right? Does that help? Okay, good. Y'all still going? Let's keep going here in chapter 16. Verse 14 says, still speaking of the helper, the Holy Spirit, he will glorify me. I love that. He's not going to glorify you nor me. He's going to glorify Jesus. Right? Amen. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. (laughs) So again, 
He says, he's going to take of what is mine. What's the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to take of what is the Father's and declare it to you. Did I just read that right? Yes. And just to clarify what God meant by that, he said, all things that are the Father's are mine. <laughs> so how much of God is being held back from you? Nothing. Do y'all see that here in this verse? Right? He says, all things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of what is mine and he will declare it to you. How much access do you have to the things of God? All of it. All access. You have received a backstage all access pass into the every nook, cranny, corner, crevice of the things of God. So again, so why are we running around saying I don't know? I don't know. <laughs> right? It's because we didn't know that we did know. And that's why John later in that letter that we started with, that's why he started in 1 John chapter 2. He says, you have received an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I do not tell you this because you do not know. I tell you this because you do know. Amen. So begin to expect to hear more from God. Begin to expect for him to talk to you about what you need to be doing. Right? Begin to expect for him to make it clear. Right? Start with what is clear in the word of God and then work your way out from there. Right? Right? He'll always begin with what is clear. This is the clear, unadulterated will of God. Right here. Right, so he'll make it real clear here. And then trust the voice of your conscience. I love what something Brother Hagin used to say. He used to say, you know, God will lead you. And sometimes it'll be like taking a bath with your socks on. Anybody ever taken a bath with their socks on? No. Right, but if you did, it just wouldn't feel right. So trust when it doesn't feel right. If you're walking into something, there's a decision to be made. And you're walking towards something and it just is like taking a bath with my socks on. It just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Then don't go that way. Mm -hmm. Right? It says, Paul, I forgot where he says, let peace. And the Amplified Bible says it like this. Let peace act as the umpire of your soul. We all know what an umpire is, right? Stands behind the plate and calls the balls and the strikes. Mm -hmm. Right? So let (coughs) peace be the umpire of your soul. Meaning that peace is the one in your soul calling the shots. So as you start making decisions and moving somewhere, if, if you get that kind of, ooh, that just doesn't feel quite right, doesn't feel peaceful, then you back up from that thing. That's not God condemning you and getting on to you. That's not God saying, you, you shouldn't do that, stupid. You missed it, dummy. Right? That's not at all what God's doing. That's actually going, oh, wow, okay, yeah, peace is calling a ball or a strike. Peace is calling out what that, that, that this decision is coming at me and peace is telling me what it is. Yeah. Peace is actually sitting there going, swing or don't swing. Yeah. Right? It's actually kind of like a cheating umpire. <laughs> most umpires, you know, they, they don't say nothing when they stand behind you behind, besides foul or strike. Mm-hmm. But peace is behind you and he's watching something that comes. Okay, swing at this one. Swing at this one. Swing at this one. Swing. Swing. <laughs> right? That's exactly right. As annoying as she is sometimes. That's exactly right. Inside joke. Absolutely great analogy. I just hate Siri. I just, you can, 
my family picks on me because I should listen to her more often. But anyway, but it's exactly just like that. But he'll tell you what's going on. Does that make sense? Now that is just the general anointing. That's the anointing that's on every believer. So there's two more. Would you like to know them now or later? Sure.